Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort. Amen. Comfort surrounds the ascension of Jesus Christ. Christianity unites to confess in the creed, He ascended into heaven and sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. The kind of comfort these words offer, though, can go off in different directions. To some, Jesus having ascended to heaven literally means He remains there until He comes again in all glory. As a result of that kind of thinking, that kind of teaching, they run after the Holy Spirit. They are fixated on the Holy Spirit because Jesus is frankly out of the picture. Lutherans keep with the Orthodox teaching that the ascension of Jesus is his exaltation. The fact stands that this man is God without limit or place or time. Instead of restrictions, his triumph of the cross reaches into heaven itself. So the Gospel writer Luke gives us that most detailed account of the ascension. It's not very long, is it? That's why uniquely he also gave us the book of Acts. And he ties Jesus' ascension right into the earliest account of church history. First, we are greeted by the ascended Lord. Before anyone runs off to get caught up in all the doings of the Acts of the Apostles, which frankly in the book of Acts fixates upon Peter and Paul, that's about it, Luke makes clear though, from the start, that however things unfold, the ascended Lord is over all things with comfort for his Christians. And even more, Jesus will keep the promise to be with his church. Instead of a sense of abandonment or being stuck in heaven, he cares for his bride in all faithfulness. The life of the church is the right now life before our ascended Lord, Jesus Christ. And so what we find out then is a final question asked had to look for the right now life established by different signs. During the 40 days, the risen Jesus came to his disciples. He opened their minds to understand the Old Testament word that held God's plan for the gospel. Since they were to be his witnesses, of course, Jesus during that time gave many proofs, many appearances of his resurrection that he was alive and what this meant for the kingdom of God. His words also about the Holy Spirit confirmed the Comforter was coming from the Father as Jesus promised beforehand, as he even acknowledged on the night when he was betrayed in his great prayer he acknowledged the Holy Spirit would be coming after his redemption. They still had questions, though. But the last one before the ascension of Jesus kind of stands out, doesn't it? Lord, will you at this time 
restore the kingdom of Israel. They just didn't quite give up on that kind of glory. And so the answer by Jesus of not knowing times or seasons was a shift from one glory to another. Earthly glory, God formerly arranged for Israel, did he not? As a nation. But as Jesus foretold, no more. A time was coming of an ultimate demise. And yet the measurements of times and seasons would not be the marks of his kingdom, for they hung upon different signs. Having taught the disciples to pray, thy kingdom come, was to count on efforts made by the Holy Spirit and power at work in the Word. Times and seasons. Got plenty of those who are going through. And they cause all kinds of anxieties for individual Christians as well as for the whole church. But when Jesus ascends, his kingdom will reach out to all nations to say then, I believe in one holy Christian and apostolic church is reliance on the Holy Spirit at work through the apostolic word, through the New Testament word. Acts as a book, if you've read a little bit of it, has many accounts of wonders and miracles by the apostles, but the consistent glory shared from Christ's kingdom, as you will see through that early history, is this. It's shared consistently by baptizing and teaching in Christ's name. This right now life, then, must look alone to the glory of authority belonging to Jesus. The extent of his power is being in a position that is at the right hand of the Father. As a cloud over Mount Sinai or at the temple made God known into Israel in the Old Testament, right? So a cloud envelops Jesus as he ascended before his disciples. What does that say? The distinction was no longer about a place. But the glory and power of God permanently bound to the man, the person, Jesus Christ being God for us in every way. A vastness belongs to his reign now, both as God and man, a big deal. Far above all rule and authority and power and dominion above every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in the one to come. Jesus above all does share his glory, though below. As our Lutheran fathers state, he can be and is also present where he wants to be. He is present especially in his church and congregation on earth as mediator, 
head, king, and high priest. This presence is not a part or only half of them. Christ's entire person is present. Of course, this greatness of Jesus is how he makes himself ultimately, as we'd say, fully known in the sacrament of the altar. To be with and at work in us by his body and blood. But also not detached from the office of the ministry to what you heard today. I forgive you all your sins. And Jesus says that through a man. Word which carries his very person. Completely. Jesus for you. To hear good news. To receive it as a gift in the sacrament. Confident that he is with us. And so the authority where Jesus tangibly forgives sin before our lives, right here on earth, also holds this triumph eternally with glory in heaven. It's a big thing. By his ascension, God, the psalmist says, has gone up with a shout, the Lord with the sound of a trumpet, because he is on the war path against Satan. You know this, right? A cloud of glory meant Jesus had the authority as God and man in our humanity to bring the battle scars won for our salvation right into heaven. The angels saw why this comfort mattered. St. John records it in the book of Revelation. He writes, And I heard a loud voice in heaven saying, Now the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ have come. For the accuser of our brothers has been thrown down. Down where? Earth. And so when Jesus ascends to heaven, the devil's kicked out. He no longer has a say to accuse any of the saints of old. He no longer has a place, but he has come down on earth, Revelation says, and woe to you, because he knows his time is short. Doesn't seem like it to us, but certainly to him. You see, Jesus said, and my Father's house are many rooms. Because his justifying work by the cross and the word active in time make good an eternal home. So don't get too much caught up in these days. Because you might have it good for a time. But I can promise you, you will not have it good for all time. Not here, not on earth, not when the devil's raging and our own sinful flesh is so weak. But Jesus says, I make a home for you in heaven. And so he greets us with that good news. As we say around the sacrament with angels and archangels and all the company of heaven. Assurance for the right now life looks at comfort. How? Built on the truth. While the disciples were stuck gazing, you know, kind of awe shocked again, two angels stood with another gift to give. As at the birth of Jesus and at his resurrection, so at his ascension, there was preaching, a delivering of the word. The disciples heard this Jesus who was taken up from you into heaven 
will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This word of good news, you understand, it, it preached that good news, allowed them to worship Jesus right there on the spot as God, as the Lord. And they returned to Jerusalem, it says, with great joy. They did not know in that joy where it was all going. They were not going to get their hands around it and control it. Didn't matter. But the Holy Spirit would help. And Jesus was near, as he said, and behold, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The truth before our times in the present conditions has a weight of joy before the ascension of Jesus Christ. You might be tempted very quickly to think this does nothing for me on earth with my problems, ailments, and sorrows. It all depends on where you're looking. Since works, you know, are never enough, go ahead and work yourself to death. The kingdoms of men, you must know, will never build a utopia. You better get used to it. And death causes all kinds of despair. Even Luther tells us how to consider the church. He says, no human or physical power or might has protected or maintained Christendom until this day. On the contrary, in the greatest weakness and frailty against all the devils and the wrath and rage of all the world, it was protected and maintained only through faith and by defiance in the name of this Lord to whom was said, sit at my right hand. So as the word of the angels, the word of truth is comfort in Christ to go with you this day again and his eternal joy by the gospel is before our life and death. He ascended into heaven is the confession of every Christian that Jesus is Lord. Since he died for us out of love, be confident that he lives and reigns over all things for our good, even when you don't think it's good or when it does not look good. It is good because who goes with us? Christ. The book of Acts is all about that. Where? To Rome. To die. But who goes with them? Christ. And that will plant a great seed that has benefited our Western world for many generations. No need to run off imagining today Jesus out of the picture, but also know his composure is one lifted up to be still blessing us. That's that composure the pastor gives at the final blessing of the church service to go with us, to bless us. The new life of the church is the right now life before our ascended Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen.
Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. To the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ, our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time, now, and forever. Amen. And so, having heard the word, we give praise to our Lord.